Wales kick off their Six Nations campaign with a win, and it's a clash between two unbeaten teams in Edinburgh this weekend. We look ahead on this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. A good win back at the Principality Stadium, two excellent tries showing a glimpse of a better future, but it came at a cost in terms of injuries. We'll hear from new defence coach Gethin Jenkins, as well as a few of the players, but first coach Wayne Pivak reflecting via Zoom, of course, on the aftermath of the win over Ireland. Obviously, injuries of, of any description are, are not pleasant for players, and no one wants injuries, but it's part and parcel of the game, first and foremost. And obviously, the, the most disappointing is probably young Josh McLeod, who missed the last squad through uh, being injured in a club game the day before coming in, and then uh, yesterday to be named in front of his peers and have them celebrate and give him a pat on the back and then to go out training half an hour later to be um, stretched off was not great for him, not great for any of us. So uh, ruptured his Achilles tend in the training session. Really sad and disappointed for Josh, first and foremost, you know, a debut against uh, Scotland would have been uh, something he's dreamt of. So, yeah, we're very disappointed about that. And, of course, um, yeah, with Lids and, and Josh taking a bump to his, uh, getting his uh, neck treatment, you know, we've got three quality players here unavailable who can play in that position. So, yeah, we've gone, obviously, with Aaron there, we've got an experienced player. Comes in from the bench. He would have been on the bench, so he's starting. And young um, James Botham goes straight onto the bench. So, an exciting time for him. Looking at the uh, back line, uh, you've had to make a, a lot of changes there. How satisfied are you with what you've got now? It's been a lot of time in the medical room, I can assure you. Yeah, look, we were really happy with how the midfield got on on the weekend and uh, disappointed that two of them won't be there this week, obviously. They were forming a powerful uh, combination in training and it's another opportunity for Owen Watkin, 13, and Nick, who obviously came on and played pretty well at 12, will we'll resume that position. And Willis Hallahollow will get an opportunity off the bench, so um, an exciting time for him. Yeah, what uh, qualities does Willis Hallahollow uh, bring to the uh, the squad? And uh, what would you say to those who uh, are not maybe happy about residency qualifications for Wales? Yeah, I think Hadley Park scored two tries on debut and everyone was pretty excited about his eligibility. But Willis has got fantastic feet. He's most defenders beaten. He wins most collisions out of any of the Welsh players uh, in the midfield. He's got just something that uh, other players don't have, and that's that uh, ability to, to break the line, beat defenders, and a very exciting skill set, which, uh, you know, hopefully at some stage on the weekend we'll get to see. What about the Scots? They've had to make uh, three changes. Um, how do you assess their qualities at the moment, having uh, shocked England? We've got the uppermost respect for what Greg has done with that side since the World Cup. He's got a side there that's full of confidence. Clearly, we know that from the Autumn Series, where we came second. And the game on the weekend it was a thoroughly deserved win, and they're defending well. They're holding on to the ball for long periods, so they're going to be a pretty tough nut to crack. And obviously, going up to Edinburgh and in the cold weather, which we're going to have by the looks, um, it's going to be a big challenge, obviously. And in terms of the training turnaround, obviously, with the changes and the uh, six days between the game, how confident can you be that you will be uh, fully 100% come kickoff as a unit? You know, we knew when the draw came out, we, it was a tough start in terms of having to play Ireland and then um, turning around in six days and having the travel thrown in, which we've never done before. So, you know, we've looked at that and when we travel and, and what we do this week, and obviously we changed our training week after the physicality of the weekend's match. So yesterday it was more of a run through and we've done a lot of classroom work and team meetings. So 
Obviously, we're getting the uh, the boys right for another big physical encounter, hence just loading up the back end of the week a little bit and giving them the extra recovery day, which they all needed. So uh, hopefully we'll make the best of this situation. Do you expect the temperatures to be a factor in how the game plays out? I will certainly be taking um, our thermals and making sure that everybody has what they need and prepare well. So, yeah, it's something that we do discuss and we'll be across. You must be wanting to tear your hair out with all these injuries. <laughs> What's left of it? Yeah, look, it happens, doesn't it, from time to time. And you've just got to um, box on. You can't dwell on it. Coaches will say it, that it's uh, one man's misfortune. is It's an opportunity for somebody else. And certainly that's the way we're looking at it. And getting behind those guys that are coming in, whether it be to start or come onto the bench, and then getting around them and getting them prepared the best we can. So, look, it's just a matter of going out and preparing the side that we have available. Hopefully that preparation will get us through. Do you think that lockdown and this whole situation increased the injury risk to players? Because obviously it's a brutal tournament, the Six Nations, but it does seem that there's more than usual. Look, I think we've got about 21 players unavailable from the first Six Nations. So the squads that we've had, uh, 21 unavailable. So it is a high number. You know, I haven't gone through the the list of injuries to look at uh, any patterns or anything like that. The medical boys will always do that in due course anyway, but it is a high number. I don't know how that compares with other countries, though. Just one note on Willis, really. Obviously, that some of the criticism he had is, I just want to know how you're supporting him with that, because that's an extra thing which, let's be honest, shouldn't be an issue here. I'm a good one to talk to him and Toby Fellatow as well, you know, who uh, they're both Tongan boys. So obviously uh, they're having a catch up and talking all things Welsh rugby. I'm from New Zealand and I coached Willis, had him down in the Auckland Academy years ago. So I know him very well. Look, he's a talented bloke. He's got a good head on his shoulders. He's had a tough upbringing. You know, he's a very level-headed young man. 30 years of age, he's still a young man in my opinion. He's got a lot of rugby ahead of him. So he brings to us an exciting skill set and that's what we're focused on and uh, he's going to bring something a little bit different which we don't have in the squad and that to me is exciting. When you have the injuries that you've had in in training and things like that this week does it cause you to reflect on the way that the team is preparing for matches because you know I know you've got to get the guys up to speed physically because it's a collision sport but do you have to look and reflect on that at times? With certain injuries, we look at surfaces, so we make sure that we're not training on multiple surfaces. At the moment, you know, we're, we're making a decision on uh, where we're going to train now because uh, the pitch is, is frozen in parts. So, you know, there's hardness of pitches, softness of pitches come into it and um, with soft tissue injuries. So we're always looking at those things. We get a lot of information on that prior to training sessions. So we hopefully make good decisions there. You know, injuries happen in games. It's as simple as that. Um, you get a, an ACL injury like Dan Lydiot's, you know, there's no rhyme or reason for that. They can go in contact. They can go changing direction. Uh, some of them are quite inno- innocuous, as his was. But um, no one likes injuries, and we do everything we can to make sure that we hopefully preventing injuries from happening. But those injuries mean chances for other players, of course. And one of those, as we heard, is Cardiff Blues centre Walisi Halaholo. He's been getting advice from someone else in the squad with Tongan heritage, Talupe Falatau, who also started by reflecting on the injuries. A few fair injuries from, from the weekend. No, fortunately, we've got uh, plenty of cover here. Well, we, a few boys coming into the squad and stuff like that. So, yeah, we're all pretty set for the weekend. Bad luck on Josh McLeod to uh, miss out, but Aaron Wainwright's a man with uh, plenty of experience. No, definitely. I um, don't know what must be going through. He said his chance with Josh then. Um, obviously, he's unfortunate and unlucky. You know, he's set to make his debut one last time round. I think he's ruled out with injury as well. But uh, yeah, Wayne always been playing re- really well and obviously brings a lot of experience to himself too. What about uh, the combinations though? How long does it take to bed in in training when you've got uh, new combinations in the back row and, and in the back line? 
Yeah, that's that's true. But I think um, everybody has a responsibility to like know your roles and stuff. So it makes coming in and out seamless. So um, on that side of things, we're we're pretty comfortable with um, what everybody else is. Willis Hallahollow getting a chance maybe for a debut uh, off the bench. Uh, what do you think he'll bring to the party? Oh, no, it's, it's awesome to see him here. Obviously, we've got similar backgrounds. He's been going well at the Cardiff Blues for a number of years now. Yeah, just looking forward to to watching him go when he comes on or if he comes on. He's one of those players with X-Factor and uh, I'm sure we'll be looking for that from him. listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. So a strong defensive performance against Ireland under the guidance of Gethin Jenkins. A Wales great as a player, of course, now looking to have a similar impact as a coach. He looked forward to facing Scotland. They've always been quality team. Six Nations is, is always a tough game wherever you play. Um, we managed to get the upper hand on them probably for a while and maybe that led to us building on it and building on it. Look at them these days, and they're a quality team. They, the difference they've got people playing in probably the English Premiership, the experience of that. They've got obviously Finn Russell playing in in Racing, um, so they, they've got bits that they bring into it. But they've they've improved as a team. They've got a powerful few runners out there that they've brought in, and they've been building. You know, we a way that we lost to them in the autumn, which was the rearranged Six Nations game, and and you know they were tough to play against that day. They they ground out a result, and that's probably something that we want to put right on the weekend. But for you, I mean, do you miss playing? Is it something you kind of wish you'd been on the pitch? I know you've transitioned to a coach for a, a few years now, but do you still got that urge? I think being back at the stadium, for me, it's the first time I've been back there for a match day since I played. So probably the team run coming out was, you know, I had a bit of a buzz thinking, you know, this is what it was about. This is what these players are about. You know, it's just obviously a shame um, with the no crowd there for them. But still, it, to be in that stadium and playing there, big lift for the players and I suppose a big lift for us as management as well. And I obviously miss playing, but everything comes to an end and it's probably the closest that my next player gets to it is that match day feeling and that match day, you know, making sure the boys are prepared as well as they can to, to put that performance in. I just wondered how you found your coaching journey to come into the national squad. It's come quite quickly for yourself after working with Cardiff and the Blues Academy in the 20s. Yeah, it has happened quite quick. I've really enjoyed doing it, really. It's, it's been really enjoyable coaching, I know, at the lower level with Cardiff RC, but what it enabled me to do was really get in the mix of it and almost run it any way I wanted and learn on the job. Um, and obviously, with the Blues and working with the younger players, it gives you a chance to learn and think a lot more about the technical side of the game, whereas if you are coaching at, at regional level, you're week in, week out preparing for games, which is tough going. But you know, I've really enjoyed it. I'd like to think coming into this environment, I've got a good handle on it already because I've been here so long. I'm, I'm almost used to the day-to-day routine of how it works and how players work and probably the first port of call when we're talking about what the players might think. And I got that sort of link probably in the management, the, the last one out of the group of coaches who, who's finished. So I'd like to think I've got a, a good handle on what the players are thinking and where they want to go and where we want to go with training and stuff like that. But no, I, you know, I'm obviously grateful for the, the opportunity and the autumn came up a little bit last minute, but really enjoyed it so far. Is it odd for yourself to be coaching someone like Alan Wynne-Jones, Dan Bigger, who you were teammates for for such a long period of time? I mean, is it is it odd not to be the other side of the fence? Uh, no, I wouldn't say it's odd. It's probably easier because you almost know how they work. You know, you've got a good relationship with all of them from your playing days and you almost know what they want out of a coach and you almost know where you are with them because they've got to the top by working hard, got to the top by playing well at the national level and 
you almost got that relationship with them anyway. So the boys who I actually played with, that, that's the easy ones. Just getting to know all the the ones who are probably coming through or a little bit younger where you probably want to build a relationship a bit more with them. In the autumn, the defence maybe was, there was a couple of issues there and obviously Byron moved on. How do you assess how you're improving in that area since you've been in the role? A few people have said to me, oh, the defence was better, defence was better. For me, it was an improvement on where we've been. I wouldn't say it was great. I think there's still a lot of areas we can work on. I think considering, obviously, some of the bumps we had and some of the forwards, I've played a lot of rugby um, in the past six weeks. I think we started well early on and then a bit of fatigue set in for me and we probably lost our way a little bit with some of our collisions and some of our discipline. So, you know, again, first game, at the end of the day, I'll take a win and we need to keep working on those areas that we have been you know, we've had two weeks and I've managed to get a lot of coaching time in that week to try and work on some of the things that we need to improve. But I want us to go to another level again. Can you talk to us a bit about the characteristics you'd like to see from the Welsh defence? Obviously, it was famed for years under Sean Edwards in the time that you played. So what key attributes do you want from a, a Welsh team when they're defending? The main one for me, that you know, the one that started always our work rate. You know, our work rate again position, our work rate to game position and talk. But then we just need to be putting pressure on teams. The game has changed a little at the moment. I don't think there's as much emphasis on the, the breakdown and people turning the ball over, especially at international level. I think a lot of it is all about winning our collisions and um, been doing a lot of work on that. Developing some of the younger players to realise that you, know, you need to be talking more, your body language needs to be good, consistently getting up off the line and getting back into position. Um, so they're the ones really... There's little intricacies of defence where you can work on week to week, but... The, a lot of it comes down to your mindset and wanting to get out there and defend and be aggressive in, in that area. So, you know, like I said, I'm still building that. I think two weeks coaching time in that area, you need to build it, I suppose, as a squad and over time. So um enjoying it at the moment, but like I said, a lot of work to still be done. Sean Edwards' name came up earlier in terms of defence coaches you've worked with. Who are the other coaches or systems that you've played in defensively that have sort of shaped your outlook as a coach? That's a good question. Um, I'd have to say, because I've lived it with Sean and been involved in this, this system so much, you know, I've obviously learned so much from that and actually playing in it as well. Um, so I'd say the majority is, is from that, but you go around as a coach and you see different environments and you, luckily enough, the area I was, I've been and done that a few bits. Um, but you just pick up little bits from everywhere and I wouldn't like to name names but you do just pick up little bits if there's one thing you go and see and, and you think right I like that or even just from watching games and seeing other teams doing certain things you know every, every coach ends up pinching stuff off other people um, but, but the majority would probably come from Sean you know I got a, a great analyst with me as well in Mark Kennard who worked with Sean and studies the game so well that you know I lean on him quite a bit so that's the main ones really. A key part of that defensive effort was Justin Tipperick, the flanker, making 29 tackles, including some pretty important ones that are doing the rounds on social media. So how was he feeling after that towering effort? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's not too bad, obviously. Uh, a bit sore, but always sore after a game, especially when you play Ireland, you know what type of game you're in for. But yeah, probably nowhere near as bad as some of the other boys that have come out of the game. What's the reality of a quick turnaround for you guys? How much can you do? How many days does it take to recover? And how quickly can you sort of get back on the horse before a Saturday after a Sunday? Yeah, obviously it's a lot tougher than normal turnarounds, especially 
you know, through bumps and bruises. So, yeah, it's just about making sure that we're doing the work off the field more than anything. So when we do spend time on the field, we're, we're making sure it counts. We were talking to Gethin earlier and we were talking about the number of tackles, 240, and he said, yeah, that shows the work rate and the effort, but you don't want to be making 200 tackles. And when you look at that game on, on Sunday, you only had like probably 30-odd percent possession, but won the game, carved out two good tries. Does that kind of give you a bit of hope and optimism in terms of if you can get more ball, there is threat there, an attacking threat from you now? Yeah, we obviously know there's a lot of things for us to work on and probably one of the big things that we had to work on over the last couple of months was our defence. We did show on the weekend that obviously we can defend and um, phase after phase, we can stick at it. But yeah, obviously we, we don't want to be defending all, all those amount of phases and all that time and yeah, we, we've always know when we look after the ball how dangerous we can be and yeah, going away to Scotland, we're going to have to make that count. A word for Dan Lidger to me, it's just so cruel on him, isn't it? You know him so well, fought his way back in and to have that happen, such a kind of almost freakish way it happened as well, just off the ball. What were your thoughts for Dan? Yeah, oh, like it's, it's absolutely gutting. I can't really explain how gutting it was. Um, literally, as soon as I seen it on the field, um, my stomach dropped a bit, just knowing everything he's gone through and how hard he works and... Oh, he's just an absolute quality person more than the rugby side of it. When you get to know him as a bloke, how much of a top guy he is, you can't really speak highly of anyone. And um, yeah, it's just devastating, really. Um, obviously, personally and as a team as well. I think it was 29 tackles for yourself that, on uh, Sunday. That must be a career high for you, is it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't really uh, count. But yeah, I just obviously... Probably the way the game worked out that we had to do a lot of defending and everyone made a crazy amount of tackles. So um, not a bad defence performance, but we know is a, a lot to work on that um, we want to just keep getting better at. Can you just talk a bit about the impact that Gethin Jenkins has made in that area? Like you said, it, it seems to be improving. I mean, he's obviously someone you've played with. What's the impact that he's had in that area? Uh, just obviously trusting our systems that he's put into place and just a few little tweaks that he believes that are going to make us a better team and... Um, make us obviously not concede as many points week by week he's having his own stamp on things and the team's putting it into place then when we're playing and uh, like you say even when it first happened it, these things take time and the more time he has with us uh, on the pitch or out in the field then it shows his work again And how much confidence have you taken from the win on Sunday like you know it, was, it maybe was a bit scrappy but to get that win was, was all important We've been sitting here after a loss and you know you're chasing it but uh, you know when you get a win then it's probably not the prettiest or the best performance that we've had but you still got that win so you know that you've got points on the leaderboard and you know what to improve going into the, the next game. You were coached by Steve Tandy and now you're playing under Gethin Jenkins. How do you think those two styles match up against each other? Yeah, Steve has obviously done a brilliant job with Scotland. You can see that just from all the games that he's been involved in since being there and you know it's going to be a tough game this weekend just on their defence um, the way he's got them in the system and the way he's got them defending for their lives for that ball is pretty special really so yeah it's going to be the same for us with uh, getting without defence so you know it's going to be a feisty one I think you know whoever's the most accurate in attack is probably going to win the game The attack will be important but a key area for launching attacks is winning quality line-out ball and that's an area that hasn't been going perfectly for Wales. Adam Beard returned to the side in the second row against Ireland and as the line-out caller. And he's looking for further progress while reflecting on his return to Wales colours. Obviously looking 
past the last year or so, I haven't had much uh, international rugby under my belt, really. So to get a good run of games with the Ospreys and put in some good performances to get myself back in the squad and get the first start of the campaign was um, a real good feeling for myself and something I'm proud of. Did you consciously change anything in your game to uh, up your form over the, uh, the sort of autumn period? Um, I suppose I wouldn't have changed anything. It's probably... The main thing for me was consistency on performances at regional level. Looking back over the last year or so, you probably have one good game and then an average game. So it's just probably being more consistent with myself and then the work-ons the guys up here have been giving me, just replicating that in my regional performances, which I uh, feel like I've been doing, which has got me the spot back in the squad. Big work-ons for me, obviously being a big guy, is trying to run the contact area. Again, my height low and like speed into contact and stuff like that. And... I've had a good coach down at the Ospreys uh, with Toby Booth come in and help me with these work-ons and Duncan Jones with the forwards as well. Helped me with all that type of stuff. So it's been great for me in the regional level and it's helped me get back into the squad. I suppose you had uh, fatherhood to stop yourself getting too down about things uh, on the field? Yeah, definitely. Oh, it's um, been great. This um, Obviously got a little one uh, now and uh, the missus is uh, due again soon. So yeah, it's uh, kept me grounded and um, it's made me... Uh, Really enjoy my rugby as well. What did you make of uh, Scotland's performance first up? Was that a, as much of a shock to you uh, as it was to many people? You can see by Scotland, they've been improving the last year or so and they've um, definitely become a real good team and someone that we're definitely wary of. And looking at their defence, they're definitely a team that pride itself on defence now and a guy that Steve Tandy's gone in, someone that a lot of us are familiar with here. Yeah, how about his uh, impact with Scotland, uh, having worked with him, obviously, at the Ospreys? He's been massive. You can obviously see that with, with the, the way they've been, um, I suppose, defending and games like that. So he's, he's been massive for them going forward. Doing the, the line-out calling roles, is that something you relish? Or I mean, and if things are not going to plan, is that quite a stressful role to have up on the pitch? Yeah, look, I'm still a young guy and I'm, I'm learning on the trade as well. I definitely think it's something that... I enjoy doing and something I think that's that's my point of difference really and it can be a stressful time when obviously you lose maybe one or two balls on the head but I suppose the more chilled and calm you are the better it is because if a line of call is flapping and stuff then it's, it's not going to give a good impression to your other forwards so I like to think I'm a calm guy around that and I think it uh, works well for me then. So it should be an exciting weekend up in Murrayfield. Plenty to reflect on next week in the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Until then, goodbye and stay safe.